You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 116. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. As always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for this a lot of time. It's so amazing. So many of you are reaching out. I'm getting so many great messages. People are joining the tribe. It is uh, absolutely fantastic to be able to have these phone calls with the people who join the tribe. It's, it's via phone call. We get together. We connect. We go over challenges. We go over successes. And we really figure out what it is you're seeking to become in your addiction recovery, right? Because we're looking for this um, onward and upward kind of, you know, I'm, I'm standing in the living room right now. I'm like, onward and upward, and I'm putting my hand up to the sky. And it's just so exciting to learn from others what they have taken from this show and how it's helped them grow and see things differently and expand their mind and their awareness beyond, you know, where it was. And that's, I mean, that's what all of this is about. I, I started calling up addiction recovery centers this week to go in and start to speak at them or even be on Zoom. And so, hey, if you know of any addiction recovery centers that are seeking out speakers, you know, by all means, hit me up on Instagram, from sobriety recovery. You can email me, you know, uh, at from sobriety to recovery at gmail.com. Let me know if there's a place you know of that I can come speak at via Zoom, especially if you're all around the world. Um, if you're, you know, local, by all means, let's talk about that too. But the reason I r- bring that up now is it's just so exciting to have these conversations with the therapists and the program directors at these facilities to talk to them about what it is they are helping people learn and grow through and become. And a couple of them today mentioned that it's like when they leave these treatment centers, when they leave these recovery centers, these addiction centers, that it's about what is it you're going to do when you leave? And right, that's what we're seeking to do. It's like, great, we've released the shackles of our addictive substance, right? We, we've stepped into this new version of ourselves where we say, I no longer need to be intoxicated to live my life, let alone enjoy it, let alone to be able to cope with the myriad of emotions that we feel, that we are now striving to become something bigger and better than we even possibly knew. You know, I can't possibly have imagined what it was I was going to achieve in my first 52 months of sobriety and recovery when I first got into this journey on day one. If you'd have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing now, then I would probably have said, well, that sounds like something Jesse would do, but would I even known I could accomplish it? And I love accomplishing things because it, it's these little road signs along the way that say, hey, you did this, right? You're going in your right direction. When you're trying to drive from L.A. to New York, you need to see those highway signs that say, hey, you're going in the right direction. Because if you don't, it's like, hey, why am I going to San Diego when I'm supposed to be going to Vegas? It's Vegas is in the correct direction to New York. San Diego is not. And so we want these accomplishments because it lets us know that we're doing the things that we said we were going to do, that we're accomplishing the things that we wanted to accomplish through these small steps along the way. You don't just snap your fingers and be you know, in New York City when you left L.A. 20 minutes ago. You've got a lot of road markers along the way, and you want the, these 
these drivers. Oh, I got that far. Now it's, okay, where am I going to go next? What I really want to focus on today is slowing down once in a while to just realize that you are progressing. And this became a topic with my therapist yesterday, Melissa. We talked about this for a majority of the phone call because I'm, as I'm bringing people into the tribe and as I'm reaching out to addiction recovery centers to go in there and speak and talk to people, like these are some of the things that I have been wanting to do for years. And there was blocks inside, a fear that I wouldn't say the right thing or I wouldn't have the right answer, or that somebody would have a conflicting belief around something that I talk about or that I believe. Like There's these little fears inside of all of us, but specifically talking about myself, about you know, would this information be accepted? Would people agree that this is the way that I should be going through my own sobriety and recovery mission, my own journey? And I thought about this for the first two years I was sober, which is why I didn't launch this podcast on week one of my sobriety, why I waited until two years, because I felt like, who's going to listen to somebody at week one? Who's going to listen to somebody at month three? You know, I, I should have to wait until I at least have enough time under my belt that people will take anything that I say seriously. The shame of that for me, the the bummer I have around that is that I would love to have an audio vlog of what those first two years were like. Those, Those first few weeks where my body was in such pain, to be able to go back and listen to that and be able to be where I'm at now. And because so many people are still finding the show brand new and starting at episode one and then catching up to where we are now, they would have caught up to me up here at, you know, month 52. But I would have had all of that. And so if there's any, you know, if there was any kind of regret as far as this show, it's that I just didn't start it earlier. But there was a convincer strategy I needed to have for myself that I was going in the right direction. Therefore, I could start to talk to other people about how they could be going in the right direction. But ultimately, when it comes to that, that was my own personal judgment. And I had to work through that and then boom, I've launched the show at year two, right? By that point, I was already a master practitioner of NLP. I really feel like I've come into my own over the last year since I became a trainer of NLP. And I really immersed myself in it in a way that I I absolutely positively knew that I could teach this material and that it, it would resonate and it would land and people would be able to take the teachings and go off and apply it and evaluate it in their life. And so I had my own version of the road markers that I needed to see. And in NLP, we call this a convincer strategy, where you have these things that convince you, and there's a strategy in your mind. And, you know, it could be something that you visually see, something that you auditorily hear, something that you kinesthetically feel in order to embrace it. And your brain goes through these different zones. The quickest way I can explain this uh, without getting too deep into the NLP aspect of it is that your brain stores information, right, at an incredible rate. It is the best computer on the planet. And there are six different zones that are happening within your own eyes where your your brain can can have information accessed. So when you look up, it's visual. When you look to the sides, it's auditory. And when you look down, it's those kinesthetic feelings 
Um, and then it's also your, the way your inner self-talk. So when you look down, you're accessing the feelings and the self-talk. When you look side to side, you're accessing your auditory memories. And when you're looking up, you're accessing your visual memories or you're creating things, right? You can go either way. There's six different zones. And so when you go to convince yourself of something, you're also accessing information in your brain in order to convince yourself of things. You might be looking up, which is visual, sides, which is auditory, or down, which is kinesthetic and inner self-talk. And when you're convincing yourself of something, you're actually accessing different parts of your brain that will go into creation or memory mode in order for you to fulfill the convincer part of the strategy. Um, I have like a minute and a half long for something that generally takes <laughs> substantially longer to discuss, but I only wanted to reference that because for myself, there were certain things that I needed to see myself do. I needed to hear myself say. I needed to have a certain feeling inside of me. I needed my inner self-talk to get more on board with where my unconscious mind uh, was remembering I had been and where my conscious mind was telling me I could go. I needed this convincer strategy, and every human has them. We all have convincer strategies. We are all using them different ways. We all convince ourselves in different ways than the next person. So for me, I had a certain way I was going to convince myself that I was ready for each step in this journey. Because it's not just my sobriety and recovery that I focus upon. It's how I can learn things and then go and send that out there for others to hear about and to learn about so that they can also change theirs. I very much turned my, uh, my curiosity and interest for learning about the human mind and why we do the things that we do and how the how of how we think. Not just how do we think, but the how of how we think. The why of why we think a certain way. The what of what we're thinking and how that's being organized in the brain. Right. This became a curiosity and an interest that led me to NLP, that led me all the way to where I'm standing here today doing this podcast. And then the passion about learning of all of this was inward and how am I going to uncover my own traumas? How am I going to uncover my own sufferings and be able to work my way through those so that I can heal and I can be abundant in my life? That was my passion for those first couple of years. It was just very inward driven. When it, the podcast launched, it became very purpose driven. How can I help others get here? How can I help others learn this information? And as I grew in those first two years, it led me to that point where I could finally hit record and say, it's time to do this. And we've all done something similar in our own recoveries where we get to a certain point where it's like, okay, now I can speak more freely about what's worked for me. Or now I can go talk to other people about uh, where they're at in their life. And I can give them stories of my experiences and see if that connects. And perhaps I can help them start or continue their journey of sobriety and recovery. This is happening all around us because when you get sober, people in a society that just seems to thrive off of the idea that being intoxicated is way more than being way better than being sober. It, we seem to be the anomaly. And when, whenever we can you know, take that red pill and see how deep the matrix actually goes, then all of a sudden other people want to know what they can do to start seeing the world the way that we see it. Because I think it flabbergasts people sometimes to realize that there is a whole world 
that is enjoyable without being intoxicated. That I can go to bowling alleys or bars or, or bar mitzvahs or weddings or parties or anything. I can go and I can be sober and I can absolutely enjoy myself. And people want to get on board with that. People want to know, at the very least, they want to know more about how it is I've been able to just move into this stage of my life and do it in a way where it doesn't, it's not only does it not seem miserable, but it's not. And I exude this enthusiasm and energy about it. And I can't wait to start to take this into more addiction recovery centers and really start to just, you know, say, hey, this is the way I've done with my recovery. What do you, where, where do you see this could be even beneficial in your life? And let's have that conversation. And so you, one of the things that is really important that we talk about today is this, this idea of this internal driver and this convincer strategy, because we all had our own internal driver that said, hey, it's time to make a change, right? And something changed from yesterday to today to make that change possible, right? My therapist and I were talking yesterday. It's like, you know, somebody is, you know, because we're talking about going into like Salvation Army recovery centers and going into some of these other places where, you know, some of these people were living on the street. And now all of a sudden today they're in a shelter. And now they're having ideas about what their life could be like outside the shelter and not on the street and, you know, getting back into uh, not being addicted and getting a house and a job and a car and relationships back. Something changed from yesterday to today. There was an internal driver. Something clicked and literally the mind got on board and said, you know what, this is no longer acceptable. And I really would love for all of us to just take a moment and ask ourselves, what was that internal driver in ourselves then that led us to now? See, for me, it was waking up in my bathtub covered in my own filth day after day for like a week. Um, And I remember looking in the mirror and for years, for years of my life, since the moment I took my first double shot of vodka in Painter Hall at Ball State University and was smoking cigarettes and blowing them through a paper towel roll out the window so that my RA next door wouldn't realize that I was drinking and smoking in my dorm room. From the moment I started that behavior, there was an internal driver inside of me that kept repeating this this sentence, that at what age do you go from being a person with a ton of potential to being a person who wasted a ton of potential? Because coming out of high school, I was top 10 in my class. I was very smart, you know, AP English classes and writing classes. And I was very active in my own education. I was very active in, you know, in uh, my glee club. I had a lot of friends. I was, I just, I felt like life was going in the right direction. And then the parents get divorced and mom moves to Florida and dad's a workaholic and he just sends money and doesn't pay attention to what I'm doing. And, you know, my my angst ridden teenager version of myself decided, you know, hey, how about some marijuana at a Pink Floyd show, which led to LSD at a Grateful Dead show, which led to cocaine use at a Nine Inch Nails show. And before you know it, I'm all in. And when I looked in the mirror on January 12th of 2017, that that precipice of being the person with a ton of potential to becoming the person who wasted a ton of potential, that precipice was, I was there. I was now standing on the edge of that cliff. And it was the day to make the decision, either make this change and begin to live up to the potential you you have inside yourself, what you believe you have inside yourself, Jesse, or keep wasting away and probably be dead this year. 
See, potential is inside yourself. Opportunities that, that, that increase your life, opportunities where you can utilize that potential, that's external. But the potential you feel inside you, that's yours and yours alone. Right? Potential isn't an external thing. Potential is what you feel to begin to act a certain way, to begin to behave a certain way. That's the external part. But that potential is those internal drivers. It's something you say inside yourself that says, no, fucking more of this shit. It is time to make a change. And then along your way, you have these convincer strategies that say, okay, I'm hitting these certain marks. I made it to day one. I made it to day seven. I made it to day 14. I went to 30 meetings in 30 days, or I read the four truths, or I completed the 12 steps, or I've seen my therapist for three months straight and I've passed all of the, the piss tests with flying colors. You know, I've begun to open up to my loved ones about the pain that I had during my addiction, right? I've begun to talk to people in a more honest and trustworthy and loving way. Like there's these road markers, there's these signs along the way and you hit them and you're just like, oh, okay, this is happening. I'm proving to myself that I can follow through with this, that I can have that day-to-day decisiveness to continue along and that day-to-day discipline, knowing that it's one small step every single day. Right? We're not seeking to be sober for the next 50 years of our lives. We're seeking to be sober today. Right? We're thinking long-term. We, we know we're driving from L.A. to New York, and we know we want to have enough you know, uh, money in the bank to afford the gas when we get to Ohio. But right now we're in Nevada right? or whatever state you're in. Pick a really faraway place that you'd like to drive to, and now you can use this metaphor for your own life. <laughs> Right, that just get, for me it's L.A. to New York because that's really far away, and so I'm like, sure, well, let's just use these two major cities, right? You want to know that you're eventually going to get to Nebraska and Ohio, and you want to be planning for that as much as you can, but you want to be present in the moment while you're driving through Nevada, because if you're not present now, you're off in your head thinking about Nebraska, and all of a sudden you don't see that armadillo or in the street, and next thing you know, you've gotten yourself into, you know, a bit of a car accident because you try to swerve away from a little critter in the street. Right, You want to be focused in the present while knowing in the back of your mind that you are also preparing for how far this journey will actually go. So there's a, you know, it's the same with this you know, one day at a time versus I'm going to be sober forever. You're working on today, but you also have these little steps that you're doing each day that lead you to being able to get to Nebraska and Ohio and ultimately New York City. And so it's great to be thinking ahead. And it's also great to be in the now. And you can be in both places and your actions can be congruent towards seeking to get through today and and thrive, not just survive, but thrive, not even get through, right? We're thriving, knowing that there will be roadblocks. There could be a detour in the middle of Colorado. You didn't see it, right? So now you you didn't know it was coming. It just happened. And now you got to Colorado and there's a detour. It's so great. We're going to go around whatever it is and we're going to get ourselves back on the path. There's infinite ways to get to New York City from Los Angeles. I mean, just uh, is infinite. Maybe that's a little too big, but it is definitely tens of thousands. Just as, I mean, it's literally just changing one street along the whole route and that's a whole other way, right? You could just drive around Route 66 and just go through every little single town. It's the same way with your with sobriety and recovery, 
There's no one way that we're all going to achieve this. There's infinite ways that we can all get to a happy, prosperous, abundant life. And it's up to us to decide which way we're going to do that. We take in all this information, we apply it, and we evaluate it. And along the way, our convincer strategy is set off, and we start to feel like this is actually happening. We know this is happening. And I'm going to end up on this. The reason why this became this huge conversation with Melissa and I is because I really think it's important to just stop and look back at my own recovery and realize what I've done, what I've accomplished, and how far along this journey I've actually made it. It is lost on me sometimes until I start to talk to my peers, the people closest to me, or I get off of a phone call or one of you all say like, wow, you know, where you were at when you first started the show, I can hear how things have changed in your life. Here you are now at episode 100 something. And Melissa really got me to stop because I made a comment about, I was like, you know, I don't really feel like, I really feel like I was just stuck uh, a, a little bit, like I was almost sta- like I was standing still in 2020 during COVID because I can't really look back at what I did in April, May, June, July, August, September, October that really had a major impact on what it is that I'm doing right now. I was like, I know it had to have some impact because a lot of things have changed, but I'm not really sure what those are. And she starts rattling off this list of publishing the book, continuing both podcasts, so remaining physically active, even though I almost paralyzed myself on that at that boogie boarding accident last May. And she starts rattling off, you know, the life coaching programs. And she's like, look at all the things you did then that are finally coming to fruition now. Where she really sparked something in me that brought this as a topic for today's show was what I did last year was plant seeds. And what I'm doing this year is I'm harvesting the bounty. And that got lost on me. And it was like, even now saying that I've got chills because again, nothing I'm doing is is extraordinary. Anyone could be accomplishing and doing the same things. You can start your own podcast. You can write your own book. You can walk your 12,000 steps. Like I'm not, you know, bending steel with my two hands. This is an impossible stuff. It's just the stuff I've been doing and it's the stuff that I've been prioritizing. You've all got your own version of prioritization. You know, you might be making, you know, old hi-hats into side tables, or you might be going into a recovery center and coaching people up about what it is you've learned, or you might be helping children with learning um, learning issues, learn better. There's, you've all doing your own version of prioritization, and you're all having your own uh, road markers, your own highway signs along the way that say, yes, I am going in the right direction. But are you stopping and looking back at what you've accomplished, and just giving yourself a moment to really embrace that rather than just pushing forward ahead all the time, which is something that I do. I do this. I thank you next. It's like, great, I accomplished that. What's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm not saying I'm going to sit in reflection every single moment of my day, let alone will I even sit in reflection for 20 minutes of most of my days. But I am going to start taking those moments when I question what it is that I've accomplished and where and where it is that I'm heading. And I am going to just pull the car off the side of the road and just look back and reflect upon all of the things that have gotten me where I am here today. I planted seeds that turned into the online course, that turned into the Wise Mind Empowerment 
mastermind that turned into these coaching programs. Things I've been wanting to do since I first learned NLP have finally come to fruition. And yes, there was a tremendous amount of growth mindset that I had to step into that I was living in a bit of a fixed world at times when it came to what I thought I could pursue and what it what it was I thought I could accomplish, right? I, there was courage I needed to embrace. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's walking through that fear anyways, knowing at the very minimum, I'm going to gain experience and get feedback and be able to utilize that knowledge to continue moving forward. Getting decisive around what it was I, I wanted to do to grow my business, to grow my reach, to grow my community, and then taking action to do those things, right? Be decisive and then take the action and then discipline. I talk about discipline so much because I just love, I love what it's done for me. I don't ever want there to be something I look back on in my life that I didn't accomplish that was merely lost to me because of a lack of my own discipline. There's a lot of things where other people need to be involved. Growing my tribe means I've got to connect with you guys and you've got to find a connection in what I talk about and you have to connect with me and I get to connect with you and we get on these calls and that's beautiful, beautiful. There are things where other people are going to be necessary, going to need to be involved in order for me to, to grow certain parts of my life. But when it comes to the things that I specifically can control, right, whether it's the, my health, my fitness, my nutrition, how I spend my time, the, the books that I read, the things that I learn, the way that I organize the material to be taught back to myself and then brought out to others, these are things that I only need me for. All right. Reading the books, that's a me thing. Walking my 12,000 steps, that's a me thing. Eating healthy food and, and broccoli and carrot chips instead of, you know, kettle jalapeno chips and cookies, that's a me thing. I'm making those decisions for me by myself. No one else is involved in that. Therefore, even if you have to make dinner for other people, you could still be making yourself a healthier side or get everybody on board with eating healthy. But what you put in your mouth is your decision, and it's my decision. That's where my discipline can stand up. So when I say something like, I don't ever want to not accomplish something, or I don't ever want to look back and realize I didn't obtain something because of my own lack of discipline, it's around the things that I know I alone can control for myself. And then we start thinking about exercising flexibility and realizing that in our own recovery journeys, in my own life, I have to embrace this flexibility, enjoy when flexibility opportunities arise, right? It's not a problem, it's a solution opportunity, and solution opportunities require flexibility because it's something wouldn't have been a problem to begin with if things had gone the way we originally had thought they would. And embodying tenacity and tenaciousness and showing up as the best version of myself isn't always something I say that I win at. I'm not 100% at it, but it's something I strive for. And I've made some bad, bad decisions in my sobriety and recovery. It didn't cause me to relapse. I didn't go off and use. But it, that's, not, that, that's not the bar that I'm holding myself to. Not using today isn't the bar that I'm like, oh, well, you know, I was the best version of myself because I didn't use. Like I'm to the point now where, yeah, using, it's off the table. It's gone. It's done. That 
Allie Alcohol, I broke up with her. She's gone. She's moved across the country and she's married to somebody else now. Like that relationship is done. But that's not the bar I'm holding myself to. Well, at least I didn't use today, right? Now I, and I expect more from myself, right? Now I want you to expect more from yourself. And we're all going to be at different stages. So if you do hold yourself to a bar of like, hey, at least I didn't use today, right? I, I onboarded somebody new to the tribe yesterday and, and they still use off and on, right? And they, they might use every other day. I'm like, hey, be honest with me. Tell me you're doing that because I'm not judging you. That's your journey. Let me help you through this journey. And for right now, the bar for you is let's not use today. But where I'm at now I am comfortable in saying that's not the bar I'm holding myself at. And I want all of you to get to where I'm at. And then if if you got 17 years or 27 years in sobriety and recovery, and you've gotten things that you're now putting your bar up to that I don't even realize I could be putting my bar up to, I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. I want to know what it is you're experiencing so I can begin to strive for that. I offer you a different idea a different way of thinking about this stuff. And for some, many of you, you get on board and you listen all the way to the current episodes and then you write me and say, this is awesome. And hey, when's the next show coming out? It's two days late. (laughs) It's fine. I love it. Love it. I offer you something to strive for. You have no doubt. I've been on the phone with many of you. You guys give me things to strive for. I'm not on a pedestal here. We're side by side. I mean, yes, it, I, I definitely am humbled when people say things like, you know, I feel like I'm getting on the phone with a celebrity because I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years, humbled that those words would even come out of your mouth. Because to me, I'm just a dude pacing back and forth with a headset on and a computer in front of me with some show notes, who's read a bunch of stuff, who says, this is a really great topic. Let's bring it to the table and let's see what other people have to say about it. And then you listen to it and then you imbibe it and you, you embody it and you apply it and you evaluate it. And it just blows my mind that we are in this community together, that you have joined me on this journey. And so stop once in a while and look back and really embrace your journey. Look at your road markers. I will be your version of my Melissa today for you. Stop. Write down some things that you've accomplished. Realize that even though you thought you weren't doing anything back then, you planted the seeds. The farmer plants the seeds. He doesn't necessarily sit there and stare at the dirt waiting for it to come out of the ground. The seed's doing its thing. It did require me to nurture it, to water it, to make sure it had proper sunlight and food, right? To keep the ground clean of pests so that it could continue to thrive, right? Those things are required from a farmer. They're required from me too, for myself. These seeds don't sprout and turn into the bounty that they do if I don't keep monitoring and tending to my own field. But I still want to be paying attention to the seeds that were sprouted a year ago that are now bearing fruit. I'm planting new seeds today that may not bear fruit for another month or week or year. I don't even know. I set multiple appointments today for to go and meet with people at the addiction recovery centers to talk to them about what it is I do and what I talk about so I can see if they can want to bring me on board, if they where, where they find the value in what I talk about. And most of these meetings are scheduled into June. So today I made a phone call. 
I planted a seed. And they said, yes, come in on June 3rd and let's talk about this. Then that's awesome. It's going to be so great to get enthusiastic and, and, and share my enthusiasm with addiction recovery with other like-minded people. And the fact that that is only a few weeks away is great. The seed has been planted. Tend the field. Plant other seeds. Increase the field size so that the bounty can be more bountiful. Right? The, the more bounty I can bounty, I'm going to keep saying the word bounty. The more, th- <laughs> It's all about spreading the positive messages. This is why I finished the show with the power of positive energy, release and flow. I release the positive messages. I release the positive teachings. It is now released out in there. If you embrace this and you find value and you accept it and you do these things, then your life flows. You might hear 15 other people saying similar stuff and now all of us are in your head and you now turn it into your own song and now you're living your life by the own beat of your own drum. Either way, I want you to reflect on what you have accomplished. I don't want you to lose track of the things that you have done to get to where you're at today. Even if you're still using every other day, you have done so much work to even get to this point, to be open for new ideas and new strategies and new understandings and shifting of your mindset so that you can grow in the direction that you know is inside of you. The potential is inside of you. Potential is inside of everybody. It's the opportunities that are different. Everyone is born with the same potential, but we're not born with the same opportunities. And at some point we become adults and we become in control of our lives in a way that we were not in control of when we were children. And it is up to us now to heal through our own sufferings, to heal through our own traumas, right? What happened to us is not our fault, but it is now our responsibility to heal through it. Because if we want to play victim and we want to leave that on somebody else's doorstep, they've got their own life to tend to. They've got their own stuff. And at some point, you can't pay somebody else to do your push-ups for you. You have to go in there and do the work. Someone who does give you attention and focus can only give it to you so much. They cannot be with you 24-7. And no one is with you as much as you are with yourself in your own mind. How are you talking to yourself? How are you reflecting on the things that you've accomplished? How are you starting to reframe and rethink the things that have happened in your past that you are allowing to hold yourself back when if you just healed and released those things, you could begin to thrive? The bird has to fly out of the nest at some point. It cannot stay inside the nest. But if the bird's trying to fly outside the nest and also pick up all the other birds in the nest, it's going to be way more difficult, if not just flat out not possible. You have to release the chains of your past in order to strive and thrive and fly into your future. See the road up ahead as a place that you are journeying toward, remembering all of the amazing things that you have accomplished to get to this point today, where all of a sudden you became sick and tired of being sick and tired, where you said, today is the day I will start making that change. When we can look back and reflect upon where we have been, it will truly give us this humility and this gratitude for our journey. We can be living in integrity day by day, knowing that we are being the best versions of ourselves the way we know how today. And we will learn something new today and we will strive and thrive to be even more tomorrow. Being gentle on ourselves that we're human. (laughs) And part of the human experience is that we have these feedback moments where we don't do things as well as we would have liked. 
but it's in that information. It's in that moment where we applied it and then got that feedback that we can then begin to evaluate a better, different way tomorrow. God, I love, love, love talking about this stuff. I am trying to find the most, most powerful way to end this podcast. And I, I, do, I think I've said enough. So as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. I will remind you that if you want to talk about your challenges and your successes in your own addiction recovery and see ways to draw a parallel and perhaps come and be a part of the tribe, hit me up on Instagram at Jesse Mogul at From Sobriety to Recovery. You can email me from sobriety to recovery at Gmail. However, you decide to reach out. If you raise your hand, I will call upon you. Glow on, shout out to sunshine. Love you all. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.